The meat of live is Christ. The meat to die is gain. Every moment in between, there'll be joy and there'll be pain. I can't worry about the future or change a thing about my past. I've got this moment to believe and I'm gonna make it last. I am filled to be emptied. This is Pastor Michael Rogers from The Jar at 702 H Street Northeast in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. Today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm Pastor Michael, and this is Pastor Kerry with us, and, and uh, we are actually traveling back from Indiana. Uh, did a tour of some of the churches that are supporting us, and got a chance to see our daughter graduate with honors from uh, Butler University, and we're really excited about that. Um, and uh, on our way back, and found out that our uh, associate pastor Derek Lumpkin uh, tried to record his sermon on the next part of our Fervently uh, uh, series and the recording didn't work as well as he'd hoped. And so we're driving back and trying to figure out how to make sure that you know uh, another way to fervently pursue your faith in God. And so we're looking at what it means to feed yourself and uh, to, in other words, to study scripture and to know for yourself what God says about uh, Jesus and about how to live. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little differently this time than we normally do uh, and just go through without the tension and the consider and some of the other trappings of what we've done before and just uh, talk about a passage of scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's right. We're going to be in 2 Timothy, like Michael said, 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 10. So we'll give you just a second to turn to that. Second Timothy chapter three verse ten, and we'll just—I'll uh, start reading, and then you—we'll—we'll go from there. Okay. So starting in verse ten, but you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live, and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. And the NLT basically says, "Certainly know." But in the other translations, it basically says... The, the ESV says, to, if you follow my teaching. That's right. right. So you have... And basically what that means, he's saying, you've seen how I've lived out my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've seen how I've done things in a certain way. Um, and how, like, he, like in the NLT says, how I live. Right. And what my purpose is. Right. The root word of that is in the Greek. It's parakaleo. And it's the same word that is used for the Holy Spirit that means advocate it means to come alongside so he not only was following what Paul was doing he was also doing what Paul was doing he was following so closely that he was trying to look like Paul as Paul tried to look like Jesus Uh, Paul references this in Corinthians when he says um, imitate me as I imitate Christ right so then we're gonna further skip down to verse 12 And it says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
And that godly life could also be righteous living, right? Or righteousness, which yes. we've talked about. And righteousness means right living. We're trying to follow that path. We're trying to do the things that God is asking us to do. Um, and despite what we've endured or what we may have suffered, we continue to strive for that path. That's right. And so we're, we're trying to do just like Paul was trying to do and just like Timothy was trying to do. We're, the mark is Jesus. To, to not act like Jesus is to miss the mark. Um, and so what does it look like for us to follow him so closely? And that's what Paul's saying is, hey, Timothy, you know that you have had an example for, set for you on what that looks like, and you have even done some of that yourself. Right. When I think about my life and the things that I have had to endure, whether it be having a child who um, was diagnosed with juvenile epilepsy, mm -hmm. or whether it be Michael losing um, a job because of 9-11, which all of those things have happened to us, mm -hmm. right? Those things are moments in time when you're thinking, wow, I've had all of this faith. I followed God the best that I could, but these things keep happening, right? And it makes you want to come off of that path. It makes you want to not do the things that you have learned so far. But what Paul is saying here to Timothy is, you know, throughout all of those sufferings, right, I have still endured. That's right. And I have still loved you, and you've still done what I have modeled to you, which is no matter what happens in this life, I'm going to keep keep doing that righteous living. I'm going to keep striving for that. And he also, he mentions a couple of cities where he, he was persecuted for his faith. What he believed about Jesus caused him grief. Um, and we are in that place today. We don't necessarily have to worry about being beaten or stoned or left for dead. Uh, but we are many times nowadays being persecuted for our faith. And, and especially our faith is being misrepresented and then we're being accused of things that are not true about us. But we can't take that as a, a reason to stop living the example of Jesus. We have to continue on and be faithful in the middle of that. Right. So then beginning in 13 it says, But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and, themse and will themselves be deceived. But, starting in 14, he says, You must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And I know, for me, this passage, ring, this verse rings because, unlike, unlike you, Michael, mm -hmm. I did grow up as a child hearing oh, yes. the scriptures. Yes. So my father was a pastor um, for over 30 years. So I was a, a preacher's kid and I grew up in, a, in, I was probably in the church the time I was two days old forward. And so I've always been taught the Holy Scriptures. I've always been um, in a Christian environment and in a Christian home. And so... For this particular in verse 15 when it says you've been taught the Holy Scriptures and therefore given the wisdom you know what God says um, and I feel very blessed and very um, um, honored to have 
been in a family where my parents taught me those those things. But it wasn't just my parents. I had yes um, youth pastors, and I had teachers that taught me from the time I was in preschool and little and infant all the way up until I graduated from college and then beyond. And even when I went to college, um, I went to Cincinnati Christian University and it was Bible college then, mm -hmm. right. which is where you and I met. That's right. And I had professors that were feeding into me the scriptures. So, um, like I said before, I just feel very blessed and very honored that I, that God allowed me to have that. But I know there are a lot of you that are listening that did not have that background. Um, and maybe you're new to the faith and you're still trying to figure out what the scriptures even mean and what they even say. And so I like how Paul says, you know, they are true and you know, you can trust those who taught you. And I, I just hope that you can find someone in your life, yeah. someone who can that you can trust, that you feel like really knows the scriptures well. Someone who you can go to and say, now listen, I was reading this passage, or I was reading this verse, and I, and, and I don't quite get it. I don't understand it. Can you please explain this to me? You know, what does this word mean? What does righteousness mean, yes, right? Yes, yes. And, and things like that. You know, here's the thing about me growing up in the church my whole life, and maybe some of you back to some of you who have grown up in the church your whole life you know really church in itself no matter what denomination you're in it has its own culture yes. we have our own culture there are certain words like righteousness and salvation and justification justification yeah. and all of these words that we use in our culture um you know that we understand and we get but for someone who's new coming in as a believer that's a baby Christian or or is maybe not a believer yet, we have to remember when we're saying those phrases and we're saying those words, remember that they may not fully understand what that means. It's like yeah. going to a foreign country and they may speak English, but they use the English words in a different way or they have their own paraphrases. I mean, even in our own country, we do that, right? Right. You go to the Northeast, and there are certain phrases that they use. And you go to the South, and they are looking at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, Well, you, you just have to ask yourself a question. Is it a soda, a pop, or a Coke? That's right. That's right. That's a great example. So, you know, they're coming into our uh, culture and what we know and they may not fully understand that. So it's really important for us to remember that as we're, as we're teaching um, and as we're discipling to others, right? So um, if right. you're in a small group or if you're in a shield group or if you're in a whatever, or if maybe it's just a group at work or just someone that you are discipling or mentoring or talking to one-on-one, -on -one, remember they may not fully understand what that word means or what that phrase means. And so just be prepared and be ready to, to um, let them know. If I say something and you don't get it, make sure you let me know that. And yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with that. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come from the other side. So I did not grow up in the faith. Um, my mom believed in God for a long time. My dad believed in a higher, a higher power, I guess you would say. But, uh, but uh, I came to the faith late. And so 
I tried to make up time by studying as much as I could, and that's why I went to Cincinnati Bible College and and where where we met, and and uh, and that's all great. But there were a lot of church words that I was hearing that I I kind of knew what the word itself meant just in general because I have a pretty good vocabulary, but I had no idea what it meant to be a Christian and to hear that word. And so I very early on got used to asking the question, what's that mean? When you said that, what's that mean? And that's one of the reasons we say we appreciate questions at the jar is because we know we may be in the middle of a lesson and, and you may have heard this in some of the other recordings. Somebody will stop us and say, what does that mean? And that's okay with us because we want to make sure we're not just speaking church words and, and are not uh, expressing ourselves in the right way to the people who haven't heard those words before. Right. So always be willing. As a matter of fact, you can write down this email address, info at thejarministries.net. And if we do it on one of these recordings, you can email us. And we would be glad to, to uh, right. respond and, and explain it to you. You know, and 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 don't get me don't get me wrong. I think it's great that we have our the words that are in the scriptures and we we use them. I, yes. I love they the word justification right. and all of those words. Um, and as a believer, you come to embrace those words and what they mean to you, um, and and you put them in your heart and you put them in your mind. And then when you are struggling with persecution, like Paul says, yes. and you are suffering in some form or fashion because of, let's just face it, life. Or just suffering doubt. Right. Or questioning, uh, yeah. yeah, your faith. Those are the words that give us the foundation, right? The, the foundation of our belief system, of what we believe in, in Christ Jesus. And it's, it's part of that foundation that creates a strong uh, tower, a strong building of our faith. Um, and that stuff. fervence, you know, that desire, that passion, yes. um, that comes because sometimes in life that passion can dwindle. Yes. It disappears and you're like, where is God? What's going on? I, yeah. I don't know what to do here. And so learning those words and learning those scriptures and putting them in your heart and in your mind, that's what gives you the solid foundation of that, where your face starts to, to wave a little bit, you know? Um, makes me think there are some there are some high-rise buildings um, in in Chicago the Windy City that will actually sway yeah that's right when the wind blows too hard off the lake yeah that's good and the reason that it does that is because it's got to give a little bit right because if it doesn't then it's gonna cause issues right um, with the structure of the building and it could collapse. And so the architects, they, you know, the builders, they know they've got to build it with a little bit of, of sway in that steel so that the foundation will hold. And so when we learn the scriptures, when we fervently pursue God and pursue our faith on our own, and we learn that and we put it in our hearts and in our minds, then when those winds, strong winds come, the building could sway a little bit, but the foundation right. of the scripture is there to hold us in place. Yes, it's honorable and admirable to question what you have been taught. It is also honorable and admirable to question what you are being taught. And the way that you can do that is to be in the scripture yourself and to have that foundation so that you can recognize uh, uh, false teaching when you hear it. 
Um, so that's that's the important thing is to be in the scripture yourself so that you're not just relying on somebody teaching, not even us, mm -hmm. somebody teaching you right. what is true. Um, because we are all still learning. We are still learning what God is all about. We, we have a strong foundation in him and we feel like God has put us in a position to teach, but we are still learning. And so we're constantly still diving into the scripture and finding out more about who he is. If that's the case for us, and, and then don't feel bad if that's the case for you. Your job is not to know the scripture so completely that no one can teach you anything new. That's impossible because you are a finite creature and we, we serve an infinite God. And the way that he expressed himself is through these scriptures. And remember, Timothy, coming back to Timothy and Paul, there were no New Testament scriptures when Paul wrote this. What Timothy was studying was the what we call the Old Testament. Right. But it but Christ is all through the Old Testament and the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, all of those things are a part of what God was teaching mankind through the Old Testament. And Paul says, You know that so well and you've been following how it has related to following Christ in me. So my example and the scriptures are helping you know what you're supposed to do next and keeping you from false teachers. That's right. So how do we know that the scripture is real? And he says in verse 16, all scripture is inspired and all means... Wait, what's all mean? All means all. All means all. All scripture is inspired by God. And I love what the ESV says, breathed. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yes. it's it's breathed by God yes. and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Yes. Now, it, Paul is not just throwing a bunch of words that mean the same thing at us. He's actually kind of putting us through a process. All scripture is God-breathed, so we can trust all of it, and it is useful for, first, teaching, telling you what is right. This is the truth. This is what is right. Then, uh, the different versions use different words, reproof or correction. But really, probably a better word there is conviction. Um, and that's something, if you look in John 15, the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of, of when they miss the mark. That's not the Holy Spirit's only job, but it is a job of the Holy Spirit to convict us. And so what it's saying is, when you've been taught the truth, it will be easier for you to see when you've missed the mark. Right. So teaching, reproof, then correction. It's not just teaching you the truth and how to notice when you do things wrong, but it actually has ways for you to do it right so you can get back to that right living and then it says and training in righteousness which is that sense of getting back to right living and and starting to live it out and okay i learned this i'm going to do it differently and i'm going to go forward from there you know god just gave me something there's a lot of people out there that think that the bible is all about punishment oh that's good that's good that god is a punishing god and that he the Bible is all about, you know, damnation and hell and, you know, if you don't follow these rules and these commandments, then I'm going to punish you and send you to hell. And the truth is that what, what Paul's talking about here in, four, in 16 through the end there, in 16 and 17, is this is really 
in definition, discipline. Yes. It's discipline. And the difference between discipline is, and we know this as a parent, discipline is when you see your child doing something wrong and you want them to learn from that. That's right. You want them to be a better person and you want them to go into and becoming more of an adult and living a, a good and healthy and, and wise adult life. And so we discipline our children. Yes, it can hurt sometimes that discipline, but it's there because we love them and because we want them to know how to, to live right, right? To be to right living, yeah, which that's is right. righteousness. That's right. Because they're gonna, that's gonna make them uh, healthier and happier as an adult. And so basically this is what God is doing with us as his children. He is basically saying, Paul is saying in the scripture, scripture is God's discipline for us. It's God parenting. It's, yes, it's God parenting us. He's yeah. saying, listen, here's the things that I'm telling you that will make you, give you a healthier and happier life while you're here on this planet. And, and I want that. I want the best for you. I don't want to punish you. I want to discipline you. And there's a difference between those two. I always tell people there's, um, I always call it uh, love commandments or love laws. You know, their love rules is really what they are. You know, when we were raising our four children, we still have one in the house. We have rules in our household. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. And if you break those rules, these are the consequences. This is the discipline. Right. And so that's really what the Bible is. It's the scriptures or the Bible really is. God's, God's saying, not only are they love letters to us, right? Saying, I love you, you're my daughter, you're my son. But it's also a way for him to say, listen, here are the, the rules. Yes. Here are the love rules for you to give you a healthier and happier life. And he and I, I want you to understand this. He loves you so much that he breathe these scriptures into us. Yes. He breathed these rules into us because he wants us to be happy and healthy and whole. And so don't let anyone tell you that the Bible is a book of punishment and a book of, I mean, were there times when God had to punish his people? Yes. Why? Because he tried to tell them what to do. He tried to discipline them and they still broke the rules. And most times they got multiple opportunities to do it the right way. Just like we before do he our, finally punished. Right. Look how long it took him Just to, like to put kids. Yeah, to, to put Israel into exile. They messed up again and again and again and they're like, Oh, it's so mean that, that God exiled Israel. Oh really? How many times do you have to put your kid in a corner before you finally have to send them through their room altogether? Right. I, I think of it this way. The root word of discipline is disciple. Yes. And so it's God discipling you. And that's important for two reasons. And the way, well, let, let me express it this way. There are some people in the world today who are trying to give you a grace-only gospel. And a grace-only gospel says God loves you so much that he's going to save you. It doesn't matter what you do or how you change you're good. But there are also people in the world who would tell you a truth gospel, which is God loves you and he wants to save you, but you, you once you say yes to Jesus, you've got to do all the right things in all the right ways because you might still go to hell or you might you might not get the favor, you might not get the blessing. And and what that does is that either puts you in a position where you don't care or a position where you're living in fear. 
But God wants you to live in faith. So he wants a grace and truth gospel. Right. John writes in this first chapter, he makes a juxtaposition. He shows a contrast between these two things. He says the law came through Moses. Okay. Then he doesn't say grace came through Jesus Christ. And he doesn't say the law came through Jesus Christ. It says grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now the law is the truth. But grace is the heart of the truth of God. Right. And because of that, we know God is predisposed to, to discipline us, not punish us. So yes, it is good to have reverence for the Lord, to fear the Lord. I want my kids to fear me. If, if as their father, they better know when I say something, I mean it. <laughs> okay? But at the same time, the things I'm going to say to them is out of love. And if I ever do it with, without love, I'm making a mistake. God never makes that mistake. Everything he's telling us is out of love. We may not understand it. Sometimes when I tell my kids and I try to explain it to them and they ask why, I have to say, because I said so. And the reason is because they aren't ready yet to either accept or understand why. Sometimes in the scripture, God says something and I don't understand why or I don't understand the, the, the consequences of it. And I say, why? And sometimes he just has to say, because I said so. And we have to be willing to say, okay, dad, whatever that, whatever that looks like, whatever that takes, right. I'm going to trust you that you are disciplining me, not punishing me for telling me I can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's right. So this week, we just want to encourage you guys, encourage you. I know people say all the time, read the scriptures, get into the scriptures. You know, even if it's just getting on your version app every morning before you get up and reading the passage of the day or a simple devotion off of there or whether you have an actual devotion book or if you actually just are reading through the Bible one chapter at a time or one verse at a time. This is why it's important for us to try to include that in our faith. That's, That's right. why we are fervently pursuing that. And being passionate about having the scriptures in our hearts and in our minds. And so we want to encourage you, whether you are an already believer or whether you are and not yet, um, we encourage you to do that as part of fervently pursuing your faith. Now we're headed into investing completely in, in, what, in the mission of God. And next week we're going to be starting that. And so you're, 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 gonna, you're hearing little bits and pieces. It won't be a surprise for me to say this because you're hearing it in bits and pieces. If you need someone who can help you interpret what you're reading, where do you need to be? The, the place to find the people who can help you the most are inside a gathering of believers. Right. It may not be a Sunday morning church experience, but if you are playing Lone Ranger Christianity, you are playing yourself right into the devil's hands. It says that he prowls around like a lion looking for whom he may devour. And lions don't pick on the strong ones. And he doesn't, they don't pick on the pack. They pick on the weak ones. And the ones that are off by themselves. That's why zebras have stripes. Because it confuses the lions when they're all together. But when a zebra gets off by himself, now the lion can tell where the zebra is and how to hunt it. Don't be a zebra. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't be a zebra. Right. Find a, a body of believers, whether it's two or 200 or 2,000. 
find a body of believers and look for people who can help you understand the scripture better. And if you are not yet and you've been told your whole life that God is just a God of punishment. Oh, goodness. Um, or that God is not, maybe, hopefully we're showing you a God that maybe you've never seen before. Yes. And I pray for that. I pray for that for you because... The God that we love and the God that we serve, and He loves you so much. Yeah, and on behalf of the church, please forgive us if we've given you that impression. Right, and, um, you know, come. Come check us out. Come hear more about who God really is. That's right. And uh, how much He loves you. And, and, yes, He's a Father, so He's there's discipline sometimes. Yes. But that's okay. He, he disciplines us because He loves us. And so I want to encourage you to, to uh, learn more. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening to us.